0: hey my friend welcome to the tradie success podcast this episode is brought to you by the tradie success academy we're on a mission to help trade and construction business owners unlock time and financial freedom within as little as three years with the right processes and systems and support we're able to help people level up with less mistakes and have the motivation and support and guidance around systemization and process whether that comes to lead generation conversions on-site value delivery maximizing efficiency and profitability operations and administration or personal performance how to really maximize yourself as a business owner and unlock that growth in your own business now whether you're a sole trader or you've been in business for years and years we're here to support you no matter what size you are so look in the show notes we've got a link to an exclusive offer for the podcast Where you get 30 days free of the academy mastermind program on there you'll get access to online on-demand training videos access to live training every single week and access to an amazing trade community filled with all different types of trades supporting one another to unlock that growth potential click the link in the show notes and unlock your free trial now Hey everyone, welcome to the Trading Success Podcast. Here today with Chris DeVoy from ContraCo. We're gonna be running over things that are going to ensure that you get paid every time from your jobs. We're gonna be talking around how do you make sure that you get paid for variations, and how we can make sure that you as a business owner is protected if anything safety-wise goes wrong on the job. Welcome to the show,
1: Chris. G'day, welcome everyone. Nice
0: to meet yeah, you, Greg. Yeah, so good
1: to have you here, man.
0: Yeah. We actually did a recording uh, before, but we had a, a, a problem with the recording and it never actually happened. So I'm super pumped to be back and jumping into these very important things that people have to know as business owners. Uh, so thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem. Tell us a little bit about how you got into, you know, being passionate about you know making sure people were protected by having good policy and procedures in place.
1: Yeah, I got majorly into um, helping subcontractors as I was at. Uh, a subcontractor for 25 years or so on major government projects and um projects to tier one and tier two builders around australia um in general uh i had a really good contract knowledge i had been sort of um working in the early 90s when contracts became you know really uh, full-on i suppose like um a lot of liability was placed on the subbies, and I guess i I evolved with um the whole litigious system around construction um in the eighties it was real hand you know handshake um agreements and you know you'd give your brother the job and he'd give his cousin the job and whatever it was like um just an easy place to work but that, that all changed in the 90s and I guess I evolved with that and um, managing a lot of these contracts. Uh, I thought I was a bit of a ninja when it came to contract management up until the, um, the start of 2012 when I got hit and not paid nearly million on a million dollars on on one project and that was the first time I'd never been paid and um, it cost, cost me dearly. So I wanted to sort of do something to help oh, subbies out. Yeah. And, you know,
0: that's sort of a loss. We could work for 20 years for, you know, $50,000, you know, net profit every year on top of our wages. And then, and a 1 million sting at 20 years later and you lose all of your profit for those whole 20 years, Yeah, you know, so that's right, massive yeah it must have been devastating for you yeah so yeah obviously passionate about making sure others don't have to go through that that pain that you went through so i'm so glad to hear let's dive into like what people can do to ensure that they get paid on every single job so what are some of the mistakes you see what are some of the things that you see that people are you know high risk you see something oh my god you you're at a high risk of potentially not getting paid from someone
1: well i guess um from the outset it's not taking on jobs by feeling um, financial pressure that you have to take it on um, Mm -hmm. and getting squeezed out of actually making a profit. Um, It's worth, you're better off sitting at home and going broke than spending money and employing a whole bunch of people and putting them at risk by working on those sort of projects to start with. But then it's, Understanding the contract that you're involved with and understanding the the small things that can make a big difference um, during the the project and that's even as simple as knowing what dates to put a progress claim in and knowing what other documentation is required to um, to be submitted with those progress claims. So that you're doing everything in compliance to that contract, because when it push comes to shove, it's the non-compliance that you're actually exposing yourself to. so if you're if you put a claim in on the twenty eighth and you've done it for the last four months, but the actual progress claim was due on the twenty fifth, it might be just that month that the builder hasn't got the case, and he'll pick you out and say, Sorry, you don't get paid because you didn't put your claim in all time. Really simple little things like that. It's dotting your eyes and crossing your T's when it comes to um, the contract um, obligations, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's
0: massive. And I, I always push our Academy members to make sure that they're progress claiming weekly. And in their agreements, they've got a weekly progress claim. The payment terms might be 28 days after end of month, but progress claim weekly... For one, you've got to be able to forecast for how you're going in the month, whether you need to do extra work or find extra ways to be, you know, breaking even or making a profit. Sure. Secondly, you wanna make sure that you don't accidentally get too busy and you miss out on that deadline and now you're a whole month's worth of work and you have to wait another month to get paid. See so many people get screwed by that. Hey. Yeah,
1: for sure. Definitely. Um yeah, it's a it's a you're already, you know, forty five days into it because you're paying staff to be on site you've done a month's worth of work you're paying guys you know weekly um and then you're on longer terms so whatever you can do to negotiate better terms at the start of the job is always good um negotiating you know even down to um what sort of uh, retentions are put on the job what sort of security you're putting on the job all those things can be negotiated out and you know the builders are quite open to a lot of that sort of stuff as well because they can take it to the developer at the end of the day and there's a there's a sort of a big, um, there's a bit of a mentality in the market that it's us against them with the builders, you know the builders and the subbies sort of they, they don't necessarily trust each other, which I would like to say through a good process that can be bridged and uh, um, that relationship through good reporting, good communication, that those strains aren't in the relationship. If you've got a variation for an example and you put the variation through legitimately within time and you do all the right things by the builder, And he's got the right process to go to the developer and say, we need more money because this isn't over. Like, um, if you don't do it in compliance to the contract, then the builder's got nowhere to go. So it's gonna be out of his pocket. And you'll get rejected, like, simple as that.
0: You'll get rejected, yeah. Yeah. You get to the end of so many, hundreds of people I've talked to and they're like, oh, Well, we talked about it, you know. I was like, well, have you put it in writing? Has it been signed off? Yeah. No, no, but we, you know, it's super clear. And he's like, but yeah, we didn't talk about it. I was like, that's the conflict you're having now just because it wasn't clear, it wasn't put in writing and there was no process around making sure the variations that you were suggesting need to get done, um, get done, you know. I've also got the builder, I've got builder um, members as well in the academy who we had to train to understand that if a subcontractor provides you a variation you don't wear that as a builder so it goes both ways right because right. we had a nice guy builder who you know was just taking the blow. He's like "Fuck, i didn't know there was a variation yeah. and so he will take that on his margin yeah and that that's a risk for everyone because the builder now might not have work in the future if he can't afford to pay his subcontractors and continue to be in business so yeah. it goes both ways and getting clear from the start like you're saying you know very clear uh, right from the start you negotiated it's all on paper um and it seems like a big hassle doesn't it but we can simplify those things as well
1: 100 percent, and it's a really precise process but it's a the ever-changing environment nothing changes no contract changes more than a building contract or a construction contract and it doesn't matter if you build on a pagola or you know a hundred story apartment it's a forever changing um uh, thing and the document documenting the specification and the scope of works and all of that sort of thing it's a it's a major must yeah absolutely protects you Whoa.
0: yeah so um so that's massive as well so it's really good to talk around you know variations if we're having them don't just have a conversation this goes with clients as well if you're going direct to client you know you need to have those conversations. You need to get them to agree and sign on the additional work. We have Whoa. so many clients in my electrical company that have just gone like, "No, we never agreed on that. You said that's how much was at the start of the job. Why are you charging me an extra thousand dollars? Oh, because we did all this extra work. It's very clear it wasn't on the quote. Yeah. Um, and so, but because in that process, my tradespeople out in sight didn't follow the process that we had. You know, then we were backpedaling, trying to get them to pay money um, when it was never signed off. So the clearer we are the whole way through the job, the better for everyone.
1: Yeah, that's right. And it becomes hard to be clear on like the bigger commercial jobs. I totally get it. Um, Communicating a change once it occurs down to a site level and having everybody on the site level know precisely what the scope of works is is a difficult thing so being able to communicate and having a regime where you communicate to to the site team um daily or weekly it's a must it's you know yes it's a it's a pain and it costs you to have 10 guys sitting in a room for half an hour um but it's probably the most valuable thing you can do yeah oh yeah
0: definitely and if it means that you know there's a couple of items that you try to charge for post-job and then the contractor comes back or the builder and they're like, no, we never agreed on that. Now you're having an argument. Now you don't have a builder. Now you don't have the work at all moving forward. Yeah. So it, it affects everything downstream. I think having a good project management system in place where your staff, you, you agree on the exact steps that need to happen and the project um, items that need to be completed, uh, and they get checked off with the tradespeople on site because we do always see builders and contractors going direct to staff and saying, Hey, I just want you to go and do this and they'll just go and do it thinking that, Oh yes, yeah, so, all well, the build asked me, so I'm just gonna do it, right? right? But they don't actually check off if it was actually on, you know, the specs. It was actually in the in the project that we we're doing. Um, is it a variation? It's one of the questions we have to drill into yeah. our team always. It's like, does it meet standard? Is really? it extra?
1: Like what is it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and even to how many days you've got to respond and, the, and what you need to do. So, a general contract will say state that you've got three days from once you identify a possible variation, you've got three days to inform the builder, and three days to price it, and then before words commence, any work that has commenced on that variation. Isn't required to be paid if it's not approved, and you go and do the work. It's not an obligation on the builder to pay you for it, unless he signed the dotted line to agree. So it's just process, right? It's, it's good process for everybody. I think it gets
0: it gets tricky when, like, I, I know the 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 business owners out there are uh, going, yeah, I do that every single time. I'm very disciplined with that. I know exactly what I'm doing. The tricky part is when you're hiring staff, getting staff to comply to that the same way you do with the same emphasis, understanding the cost if you don't. And obviously the cost could be enormous, you know, and it cuts directly, any work you do for free, cuts directly into your net profit. So people have to understand how to build good processes into those things.
1: Yeah, and and I would give digitization is a massive benefit in that area. Because you can communicate with your boss 300 kilometres away with, a, with an image of the site, you know, what the work's requested, and you can, you know, have a discussion amongst yourselves and work out if it is, a, in fact, a variation or not, um, mm-hmm. if there's any doubt. So that's just closing out that, that thing every week. If it's part of your reporting regime that you've got to put in a progress report from that particular site, part of that should be, is there any you know, potential variation work coming up?
0: Mm. Yeah, so good. Yeah, mm. just bring it to front of mind yeah. and like getting people to think outside the box. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so safety on a job. So how can we? what can we do as business owners to protect ourselves? Because usually the contractor or the business owner um, would be the one that has to, say, if a staff member gets injured, a staff member does the wrong thing. Man, we had, we had. I just want to share a story around this. We had this massive, um, like, trying to prove that someone said that our guys were up on a ladder on a scissor lift when it was elevated. And then we had this, this uh, like, thing I was like, what the fuck, did that actually happen? Like, we had to talk to our, <laughs> we had to talk to our trainee. We're like, what the hell, they're saying you're on a ladder on the scissor lift while it was like seven meters in the air. And they're like, no, no, we didn't do it. So like there's a whole thing of like, no, we saw you do it. So we had to like, we had to be able to show our process, our safety process and that we do safety training. And and then after that incident of someone accusing us of doing that, we had to then have follow-up process to, you know, having a safety media and that you can't put ladders yeah, extended uh, on on a scissor lift. So um anyway, so it was just big ordeal. Yeah. And everyone in management's just like, what the fuck did this actually happen? Yeah, um, and how is this even happening? But anyway, so how do we protect ourselves? Because if that was the case and that did happen and someone fell off the scissor lift, the contractor or the business owner would then get targeted. Um, and you've got to protect somehow have something to say that you've done everything right as a business owner. So I am excited to talk around what are some of the things that business owners can do yeah. to ensure safe practices are
1: happening at work yeah well i'll probably take it back to the basics and that is your swims so the whole everybody knows what a swims is and you know a lot of people think they're a total pain in the ass however a swims is entering your safety plan and the fact that you've actually put a safety plan together with the site's safety plan with the builder's safety plan so First and foremost, never submit, and it's it's crazy, all the commercial builders ask for a pre-populated SWIMS for your company before they've entered the job site. It's, you know, if that's ever asked of you, totally refuse to do it. A SWIMS, you can give them your SWIMS template to ensure that your template is carrying out the safety steps that need to be taken. But it's never to be pre-populated so it's to be site specific the first thing that should occur is upon site induction do the site induction days before you're to start not seven o'clock in the morning for your whole team to start at seven thirty, because that doesn't allow you to put into practice the due diligence required to get you over the line if something was to happen you, you haven't had the time to properly communicate the safety plan, right? So that the first thing is do the induction a week before, um, carry out a risk assessment of the site, document your risk assessment that you've actually completed it, and then take it away to populate your swims um, and make it site specific, go through all of the steps that you need to take, um your step by steps and put into put into place your safety measures around reducing that risk. That's that's the key to it all is kicking off that swims on someone else's job site with the proper due diligence being taken. And like um there's big examples of people who have put in their swims, you know, um done the right thing, put in their swims, everyone signed off on their swims, um, but just not carried out. Certain things that you would expect of anyone, and that's like identifying a risk. If you see something that looks dodgy, then it probably is. Speak up and say, hey, I just noticed this occurring. I'm not dobbing anyone in, but you know, um, it needs to be addressed. Perfect example is stripping scaffolding out of a building, not having any anchors to the building and leaving the first floor scaffolding up and it collapsing underweight because, but everybody on that job site saw that there was no um, no anchors onto the building anymore. You know, like um, a guy died, why has gone to prison for it, big fines have been had, all that sort of thing, but it all could have been changed if just, one out of hundreds of people who would have noticed it, it just said something about it. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think, and that's like people need to know their place to speak up as well. I think a lot of people yep. just sit in their shell. It's like, well, is that meant to be like that? Yeah. But then they don't say anything until after something happens. They're like, yeah, I saw that, and then yeah, 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 you know, hundred <laughs> yep. percent, yeah. Um, and on that as well, I think you were talking around, you know, making sure, you know, there's you're, if you've got the right things in place you might be able to get out of you know manslaughter or murder like that's the sort of that's what you get slammed with yep. if something does happen and you haven't done the right thing so it's so so important to do but i hear a lot of people in the audience saying i don't have time to do that i'm not making money as it is how am i going to find the time to get you know do a swim on every project especially small jobs like what's some strategies to actually get it done fast
1: yeah, digitization. That's you know what it comes down to is there's you know technology is used in so many ways, and for some reason, construction industry is a bit adverse to technology. But it's quick. Like you can fill out your swims form with voice command on your telephone on your phone. Like you can sign it off on your phone. Um, there's no real excuse to speed. Um, one of our clients. Uh, he's a large flooring company, probably works across twelve to fourteen commercial projects at any t- given time. Um, and he's got a site manager on every project um, for he he would have six or seven clients i'd I'd imagine um, that he constantly does work for. And he said they've all got an obligation at the beginning. He said they've all got an obligation. Or want me to fill out this documentation every week on a Thursday. He said, mate, it's literally 30 hours worth of work. So that was his biggest issue. He said, I just don't have the time to run the business and be out to site and be putting out fires all the time. So a lot of what we did evolved around that. And we'll cut that 30 hours down. Now his reporting time is predominantly done by the guys on the job site filling out, you know, documentation that can be shared. It's been, yeah, and it's been manually put together so it conforms to what the client requires and and he's not having to go out to site to put out the little bits, the little, you know, the little things. He can work on the big things because he's got... Images, he's got videos, he's got live feeds with every site that he's on. And you know, um, he can quite confidently um, go about his business, you know. And I would, it, it is a hard place to be for every business owner and every subby to have the liabilities that you can face when you've got a big team. Like you, you are legally. You know, bound <laughs> by these contracts or by regulation and legislation. And you've got to spend the time to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cool. Awesome. Well, I'd love to hear about how uh, Tron- Co can actually help people digitize this process that you're talking about and how can we make something like that speed the process up for people. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting to, You know, to be able to speed it up, it means that you can get all of the stuff that needs to be done done so that you don't fall down the uh, down the line, maybe one or two years down the track. And you you do have a safety incident or you do get slammed with someone not paying uh, you and it cuts your two years worth of hard work out from under you. Yeah. um, Or and like you could end up in jail, literally. So let's uh, let's talk about how people can you know use digitization to be able to make sure this
1: stuff happens. Sure, well what Contrico has done is we've worked worked through the operational steps for every stakeholder in on a project Um, and that goes from the architect right the way down through to um, the landscapers and um, getting certificate of occupancy for the building. Um, We step out for each um, best practice for each Subby. And we do this on our platform, which basically identifies a task that is required of you on a particular day or at a particular milestone. And it'll say, like, Have you booked your induction? Yes I have. When is it? So, you know, twenty first of the month. So then it'll just send an email saying fourteenth of the month, you've got you've got a A start date of next week uh, or you got your induction next week so it'll give them a reminder you turn up to the induction you start filling out your induction documentation in our system and it prompts every other activity that needs to happen it says here's your risk assessment here's your swims like so we've created all of the templates that you could possibly need on a on a project and pre-qualified, so they, they they meet with regulation and um, legislation. So um, those documents, as I said earlier, can be populated by voice command um, on the job site. Everything is set up with permissions. So for an ITP, for example, when you're doing your test plan, um, you go onto the job site, you evidence, you know, if you're doing waterproofing that, um you you've met the right debts and falls in your flood testing and you're just capturing every step of um, every step required of your trade basically and um, it's basically taking the guesswork out of it. you know when something has to happen, how it has to happen and you've got the tools to make it happen and we're evidencing all of that. So, it's hard to argue with photos, you know. It's hard to argue. If you put in a progress claim, I can guarantee that on average, 85% of progress claims are paid, like 85% of the amount claimed are paid across Australia, right? If you were saying, this is what I've done, and here's the evidence that I'm up to that particular stage, it, you you've got to fight there's no, it's hard to argue with that so just having that evidence photographic evidence evidence that you've carried out every step and that you're trying to help the builders out like the safety the safety side of things is all part of that so by digitizing it we're taking the guesswork out of it we're taking oh I forgot to do that I forgot to mention that to him we're we're prompting that. So we're um, really making it like a formatted procedure um, and we've put technology behind it. So it's sort of um, guiding the way, holding everyone's hand through it. And I think that's, you know, that allows subbies to do what they're good at and that's their trade. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so good. No, so, So anyone that's looking to get some more information, where can they go? uh
1: www.contrico.com.au um that's c-o-n-t-r-a-c-o yes that's right and um yeah book a demo we'd be happy to sit down and demonstrate it and show you how how it can help your business profitability and you know safety is key making a safe environment for the workers showing that you know you've got a vested interest in their in their safeties probably paramount these days i think yeah totally hey real quick one to
0: end on hey um just came up in my mind is would this be suitable could if we're doing the variations and we're on site and we're do you know normally it's a conversation could a simple thing like turning on the voice recorder like they do on telstra calls sort of thing it's like oh we're just going to record the call and we're going to talk through the Policy and and once you've done that, then we'll give you the new phone, like whatever it is. Could we say, all right, cool? Are you happy for us to go ahead with the variation? I'm just going to record that. Push record. Hey, we're just agreeing that we're going to go ahead with these items. It's going to amount to X amount. Do you agree? Uh, say your name and that you agree. Would that be suitable? Do you think?
1: Yeah. Well, it's got the the, the phone's got the they've got the ability to sign the document on the phone. Um, we would like. Yeah, yeah, because not everyone else, people will go no to a vo-. You've got to request a voice recording, um, you know, by law. So, uh, and people might reject that and find it a bit abrasive. So, um, it's just like, here's the variation submission. You've got your price. There it is, ready to go. If they're really pushed on, well, you got going to start it. We well, you know, we need this done. I'd say, well, sign the dotted line, like. Um, Yeah, sure. So quick, yeah, it's worth taking the time to just write it up, get it signed, and we're done. But as I said, the variation documents are sitting there ready to go. But in the case of people, you know, doing it manually, um, yeah, it's still worth writing it up and having it as part of your weekly reporting function from that particular job site or all your job sites. The other, I just want to mention a quick one on remediation works in how big of an issue remediation is in the industry. Across the board internationally seven and a half percent of the cost of construction is in doing remediation works, reworks in some form or another. The main areas of remediation work are things like cladding, uh, waterproofing um, and fire services. So my message there is if everyone gets the communication and the right process happening happening with a digital format that remediation works can drop to anywhere to point two, point five of the percent which seven percent in your back pocket whether it's the subby or the builder everyone's losing on these remediation works right um that factor alone, seven percent of a, you know, thirty million dollar jobs, decent sort of coin. Uh, so, I would say that you know, fixing our administrative and our processes, our administration processes, is the the key to um, construction going ahead and being, you know lifting to that upper level, everyone start being more profitable um, and not, you know, there's so many companies going out the back door at the moment and COVID didn't help with that. So fix your processes up is my um, suggestion. Like it's need profitability. Yeah. People just think
0: they don't have the time to build processes, but the processes create the time. So it's just one of those Catch-22 paradoxes, but yeah, you got to do right. it. Yeah, cool. All right, Chris. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Hope you got a heap out of today, guys. Uh, reach out to Chris if you want more information, and we'll catch you guys soon. Great to speak to you, Greg. Awesome. Thanks. See you later, everyone. Mate, that was awesome.